Hi, Shabbat is just a few short hours away, and I'm on my way to Ottawa now, where I'll be scholar-in-residence this week at Congregation Machzike Adas. So you may hear some noise in the background, kind of comes to the territory. I wanted to share a little Parsha thought with you. So, you ever hear this? When life gives you lemons, can you end that sentence? Of course. Now, end this one. The cup is half... I hope you said full. Or look at the, I hope you said bright side. So many suggestions for how to view life and live it well. But does anyone follow any of this advice? I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I've ever made lemonade when I was truly in a bad mood. I'd like to tell you a story about someone who did even more. He took lemons and he changed all of history. Yosef had been sold by his ten brothers out of jealousy. He found himself working as a slave for a powerful Egyptian man. His name was Potiphar. Far from his family, with no hope of ever returning. What could Yosef possibly make out of a life as a slave? The Torah tells us that Potiphar saw how all that Yosef did, God made his hand successful. Yosef was promoted to chief of the household and positively impacted all those around him. And then a scandal erupted that found Yosef in prison. In an Egyptian prison reserved for political prisoners. After all he'd gone through, Yosef had now reached rock bottom. What could he possibly make out of this? How is he going to turn this into lemonade? And yet the Torah tells us that all those around him saw that God was always with him in whatever he did. So Yosef interprets some dreams, found his way out, ended up saving the land of Egypt and most of the known world from a famine. And of course the story doesn't end there, but we'll save that for a different time. The Rebbe points out something fascinating in this whole drama. You see, if you pay attention to detail, you'll notice that when Yosef was a slave, the Torah tells us people saw that the work of his hands was made successful by God. As a prisoner, however, they notice God's presence with Yosef in everything he did. And the difference is in the slave versus prisoner dynamic. It's no fun being a slave, but a person can still work and accomplish and even use his own mind's creativity. But a prisoner has no personal opinion and no responsibility to accomplish anything. Being in prison brings a person to the ultimate state of humility because the person has no value. Yosef suffered, but the humility Yosef experienced as a prisoner turned out to be positive. Because with humility comes a lack of ego. And with that mindset, a person is much more open to letting God into their life. So it turned out that especially in prison, people looked at Joseph and said, Look at that godly person. Alright, that's all very nice. But I have a very simple question here. The Egyptians we're talking about here, well, were not exactly monotheistic. How were they to know that Joseph believed in one God? 
And however did they know to attribute his successes to that one God? So it's all in the lingo. Yeah, if you look at Rashi, who's the foremost commentary on the Torah, he says that God was always on Joseph's lips. If people complimented him on a great job, he'd answer, thank God. If business was good with his master's crops, you could hear him say, thank God. And when he went to prison and executed tasks well, thank God, thank God I'm well, thank God I'm alive, thank God for this moment right now. Joseph knew, he was certain, that all of his success was attributed to the helping hand of his creator. And he lived with that conviction. And that's how he taught the people around him. They saw him, they heard him, and they just knew that he had to be right. Because he lived with his motto, thank God. And that exact same motto played out in the Hanukkah story that we're about to celebrate this Tuesday night. Do you know where the Maccabees, that small band of Jews who revolted against the Greeks to preserve their freedom, do you know where they got their name from? It's actually an acronym for Mi Chamocha Ba'elim Hashem. Who is like you among the mighty ones Hashem? The group began its campaign and every battle with this war cry, telling their people that they put complete trust in God to be with them and bring them victory. The Maccabees were small in number, weak as warriors, and limited in their access to artillery. All logical conclusions pointed to their utter decimation. It just made no sense that they could even fathom beating the Greeks. But they put their trust in God. They carved it with the word Maccabee onto their shields. They strengthened each other by calling themselves Maccabees. They taught it to their children and screamed it on the battlefield. All of our success is due to the hand of God. And the Greeks saw it. They knew it and they were sickened by it. They ran to the Jewish temple. They destroyed anything that smelled of godliness, anything that defied their logic, anything that the Maccabees used to express their connection to the divine. But they won. We won. With the help of God, we crushed an enormous Greek army and returned to our Bet Migdash, to our temple. We cleaned it up. We found a tiny bottle of pure oil and lit the menorah. And then God did his part and let that oil burn for eight days until we could make more. And that was God's way of saying, you put your trust in me. I'm here with you always. At the darkest moments, God is even more present. Our job is to express that and allow the world around us to feel it. A simple thank God or Baruch Hashem at any moment. When things are down and life's not easy, thank God. When something incredible happens, thank God. When you enjoy your favorite matzo ball soup, thank God. This Hanukkah, look at the lights and remember those Maccabees fighting evil, dispelling darkness. This Shabbat, think of Joseph in the prisons, who then rose to second in command of the mightiest nation in the known world. Remember their secret. Make it yours. Thank God and Shabbat Shalom. 
Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness, and balance. This special offer has been dedicated in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode. <music> 